This is Wise Guy Talks. Wise Guy Talks. Speaking truth to power. Exposing lies. Fake news. Fighting to restore American values. American values. Release the hounds. Well, it's about that time again, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to release the hounds once again. The name of today's episode is going to be episode 73. Propaganda for sale. I've got Robert in here helping me out today. Robert, how are you doing, man? Man, I'm glad to be back, guy. Are you really? I am. Oh, my gosh. What have you been know. up to? Man, I've been busy oh, looking man. at this Dallas Morning News thing. Oh, that's crazy. Anyway, what we're going to talk about today is bias reporting. It's coming out of the good old Dallas Morning News and how they are funding their little woke party. We'll be right back. kind of linger on that intro music i really do like it robert and uh the guy that wrote that for us is slash gordon did you ever meet him i did once he's yeah. an interesting cat okay. he really is I mean, he's not so smart but man could he ever play <laughs> yeah, he works that fretboard everybody welcome back uh this is episode 73 propaganda for sale i'm your host guy midkiff a wise guy talks i've got robert in here with me today and uh well this is what we're going to talk about once again, Robert's been doing a little digging for us, and what he's uh, come up with is some biased reporting. I know, drumroll please, coming out of the DMN, Dallas Morning News, and he's in, uncovered some very interesting twists and turns. Turns out they're producing a lot of uh, this reporting using nonprofit donations, and something, well, doesn't smell right. <laughs> something just doesn't smell right, and that's what we're going to jump into. Robert? Are you ready? Yeah, I am, Guy. Take Thanks. it. I appreciate it. So, you're welcome. So you're exactly right. So we've we've all seen the biased coverage about Southlake coming out of the Dallas Morning News, um, and many of the pieces. I know you would agree they read like tabloid gossip columns rather than real news. Um, and just as with NBC, what we see is they ignore facts to maintain a narrative that Southlake is a racist town. You know, they use quotes from some of the most extreme leftists in town. They treat those with facts without follow up questions. Uh, it's been crazy. Well, it turns out that a lot of this content is being funded by community donations to a group called the Dallas Morning News Education Lab. So the Education Lab is made up of donors, and some of them are individuals, some of them are organizations, and many of the individuals, they're, they're Democrat contributors, and some of these organizations I would describe as social justice groups pushing an equity agenda, especially in schools, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. And the other thing that I found interesting about this group, it was it was formed in the summer of 2020. So in July of 2020, they started this process and then launched it in the September of 2020. And that makes me very skeptical about their mission. You know, if you think think back about what was happening during that time period, not just in Southlake, we know what was going on here, but across the country, right? The BLM and 1619 curriculum was getting pushed into schools. Um, and I think what's happened is the news media has stepped up and they're doing their part, right, to, to make sure that they put the right spin on this effort. Um, and, and just like we're seeing today with, with this sort of lockstep denials of, of CRT, they stepped up to make sure that everyone understands this is a great thing, right, incorporating all, all of this woke uh, curriculum into the schools. Uh, and I don't think the, uh, the timing is coincidental. That's, that's my point. So the donors of the uh, education group, or sorry, the education lab uh, are, are many, 
uh, some individuals and some organizations. So the Beck Group is an organization that is giving money. Their CEO is a gentleman by the name of Fred Propal. Uh, he is a Democrat donor, and I, I'm going to give you some information on all these folks, guy that you can put on the screen. Uh, Dee Dee Rose is a well-known Democrat in Dallas. Uh, she's, don uh, she's donating to this cause. Uh, and a variety of organizations in, in Dallas, the Dallas Foundation, Dallas Regional uh, Chamber, the Meadows Foundation, but also some out of, uh, out of state. So the Solutions Journalism Network, for example, is a New York group. What their interest would be in educational reporting in DFW is a mystery to me, but they're giving money to this cause. Uh, but the one I really want to spend a little bit of time on is Todd, William, uh, Todd Williams. He's, he's well-known in education circles in the DFW area, so I want to spend a few minutes on him. Obviously, a Democrat donor uh, donated quite a bit to the Royce West for Senate campaign uh, in 2019 and 2020. Uh, but Williams, he's a Dallas native, got his MBA at Wharton, went on to be a partner at Goldman Sachs, I think in their real estate division. And since retiring in 2009, he and his wife have become really involved in education in, in Dallas and in Texas overall. He's the CEO, currently the CEO and president of a group called the Commit Partnership, which is an education impact organization with a heavy focus on equity. Uh, he was the founder of that group. Uh, he was also appointed to the Texas Commission on Public School Finance by uh, Governor Greg Abbott in 2017. So that raised my eyebrow a little bit. His wife is Abigail, and she's the CEO of an organization called United to Learn, which is an education nonprofit she formed in Dallas. Uh, and they state, you know, they're seeking to improve the outcomes uh, for students in 49 elementary schools in the Dallas area. Their number one stated objective on their website is improve our school's social emotional health. So that that was a little questionable to me, but I would encourage everyone that listens to go out and look at the websites for community, uh, Commit Partnership and United to Learn and read what they're about. Um, while I agree with a lot of their objectives, like improving literacy uh, among disadvantaged kids, who wouldn't agree with that? I don't agree with all their solutions. And I don't believe a one-size-fits-all approach is going to work. And I, I feel like that that's what they're sort of doing. And I definitely would recommend on the uh, United to Learn website, look at a letter Abigail Williams wrote. It's called Love for One Another. It was dated June second, 2020. It's on her website, on the website. I think it gives you real insight into who she is and what they're all about. And I think it'll help you connect dots on why they might be contributing to the education lab. So... You want the, to comment on that? Say again. You want to comment on that? Why? Well, I, I I think you, you uh, Matt, think about the time frame. What was going on in June of 2020, oh. and you can imagine what the letter was about. Right. And it's it's very much about systemic racism, and we're going to talk a lot about that today, because I think part of the problem is that CISD sort of blows up that narrative. But we'll talk a little bit about that. Just a very quick sure. side side note. Uh, Mr. Williams says that he uh, funded a school. Uh, one of these prep schools, charter schools, called Uplift Williams. And <clears throat> it looks like he's trying to do his part to help society out by doing that. I don't, I don't know the details. I couldn't find a lot of detail on the particular school, what kind of uh, test results they've had. But it looks like they, they kind of reach out to uh, those in our society that aren't quite as fortunate, I guess. Yeah, no, and, and look, again, a lot of the objectives that they have I don't disagree with, right, about literacy and helping folks. And I, I'm a real believer in in 
how education can can lift folks up, right? right. And I'm, I'm an example of that. And I think a lot of people are. And so I don't disagree with the objectives, but the way they go about it, I'm, it what I worry about, and, and again, I would, I would encourage people to go out and look at Commit Partnership, go through the website and look at what they're all about. And it feels to me they're about, about equity as being, equity being the solution to our problems. Well, yeah. whenever, I hear, whenever I hear those words of uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, it, my intent is, I, I, I would say a year ago, I wouldn't have cared. But now it's almost like a dog whistle. It's almost like yeah. code language. And when I hear people start throwing that word around, um, I that's what that's where that's that gets my attention. I want to know more about what's going on. Well, you know, I, I've spent some time thinking about that, particularly going through this and wondering, well, why are the schools running down this road so hard? And I think a lot of it is, it is accountability. Right. So when you look at school districts like Fort Worth ISD, which we're going to talk about a little bit today, DISD, you look at the performance of those school districts compared to a district like CISD, they perform very poorly. Well, if so, why do they perform poorly? Well, well the new reason is, well, it's systemic racism. Yeah. Right. And so because of systemic racism, these school districts underperform. So it's not the fault of the teachers or the administrators or the trustees. Right. It's 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 this big systemic racism problem that has to be solved. Therefore, we have to impose D, uh, DEI programs to solve that problem. Well, maybe mo- just more money will solve the problem. Well, th- right. We, we always hear that. Right. right. We just need more money. Uh, pretty soon, right, $50,000 a year per child in New York or something. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think New York's got more funding per child than some of the lowest test scores in the nation. Yep. So you kind of run afoul of that um, that formulation that spending more money on education necessarily gives you a better result. So I want to circle back to the education lab. So the model sucky. Yep. The, the model is essentially this, right? So, so people and organizations donate tax-deductible money to cover the expenses of an editor and reporters to cover education topics. Then the editors and the reporters produce content that's published by the Dallas Morning News, and then they make a profit on that content. So that's essentially what the model looks like. And I can't find a nonprofit registration called Dallas Morning News Education Lab or Education Lab or anything like that in Texas. So what I did find, though, is it appears that a 501c3 called Community Foundation of Texas is managing the funds for the education lab. So it's, it's, it looks to me like the money is being donated to this 501c3 called Community Foundation. They're then dispersing the funds to either to the Dallas Morning News or directly to these reporters in, in the form of compensa- compensation. So the education lab has... They have commitments for two years, $210,000 per year to cover these people. And here's what they, and I want to read this word for word. So here's, here's what they say about it. We have a strong agreement with our funders that we are the ultimate editorial authority on everything. That said, we welcome their input and advice on trends in education. So in, in my view, this entire model is questionable, right? So you have people giving money tax-deductible money to a foundation that then goes to pay for reporters to create content that is then monetized by the Dallas Morning News. This this raises my eyebrows, and it raises my eyebrows even more seeing the kind of reporting we've seen and how biased it's been, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, it seems to me if people are giving money, why would they have no interest in what the content is? That makes me really, really suspicious. And why are most of these donors aligned with progressive causes? Yeah, that's one of the things I noticed when I looked at the donor list. They seemed to all be going. I didn't see any Republicans in there. I so didn't see any conservatives. Right there, there was one. There, there was. There, yeah. I found one. Uh, it's probably a list I wouldn't want my name on if I was conservative. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It, it was uh, Bobby Lyle, 
who was an oil man, and he's predominantly a Republican donor, but he did also contribute to the education lab. My guess is he doesn't really understand what he's contributed to would be my guess. Somebody needs to reach out to him. Right. And and in fairness, some of these donors do give to both parties, but what you see is is the majority of their giving, the vast majority of their giving goes to Democrat candidates rather than Republican candidates. And a lot of these folks are very wealthy. And as you know, they'll give money to specific candidates for specific reasons, uh, specific interests that they have in in a given area. So the education lab model in, at the Dallas Morning News copies an approach used at the, at the Seattle Times. And so the Seattle Times has an education lab that they started in 2013, and it's funded by Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos right, through, through Amazon. And I, I think we probably would see similar kind of reporting, which is not really to support education. It's, it's more about pushing a specific agenda. In this case, it's about systemic racism. Uh, and then you look just look at – the education uh, up in Washington and Oregon, do, is that what we want in our school systems here? So. Yeah, I don't but, think so. But let, let's go back to the name, the sure. education lab. How, how, how is this an education lab initiative? I mean, what, where's the experimentation? Where's the laboratory acts going on with education? I, I think the notion is how it's funded. And, and this isn't the only sort of nonprofit reporting that goes on. There's other nonprofit reporting that happens in other areas like art, for example. And, and I think in the arts, that, that kind of reporting does get, you know, nonprofit donations that supports that. And in general, I'm, I'm okay with that kind of approach. It's when it becomes political, you know, a 501c3 cannot be involved in politics. And if, the journalism journalism is intended to push a specific political narrative. That's when you cross a line for a five hundred one c three, and that's what I think the problem is. Yeah, but I don't think the current administration gives two wits about pursuing that. I, I, I tend to agree. I tend to agree, but we're going to shine a light on it here, which is what we're doing now. So the education lab donations fund for for the Dallas Morning News fund one editor and three reporters. So I want to go through who these people are because I think everybody you know, deserves to know who these folks are. So the editor of the ed, the Dallas Morning News Education Lab is a woman by the name of Eva Marie Ayala. Uh, she's 44 years old. She grew up in Fort Worth, uh, went to public school there, graduated in 1995. I believe it was Northside High, given her address history. She went on to Tarrant County Community College, did two years there, and then transferred to UTA. Uh, she graduated UTA in 2001, but while she was there, she did reporting for the Short Horn, which is the college paper there. She also did some freelance stuff for the Star-Telegram uh, in Grand Prairie. And then when she graduated, she went to work for the Star-Telegram doing a, as a bureau reporter, and then in 2008 became an education reporter at the Star-Telegram. Four years later, she wound up at the Dallas Morning News also as an education reporter, and she's been there ever since. Now, when this whole education lab thing came up, though, in 2020, this was her opportunity to move up, right? So she moved from a reporter to an editor over this specific project. And so if you looked at her LinkedIn, which I did, um, this is what she says about what she's doing at the Dallas Morning News. She says, I cover school issues across Texas with a particular focus on the intersection of education and poverty, racial bias, and inequality. And so what struck me about these comments is she's already, she already has the solution, right? In her mind, the solution is to solve racial bias and to solve inequality, and then that's going to solve every ed- education problem. So mm-hmm. she doesn't mention culture. She doesn't m- mention fatherless homes. She doesn't mention drug abuse and alcoholism and gangs and crime and all the other stuff that we know. Language. 
right language is a oh boy that's a really good one all of these things play a role in why we see disparate outcomes with with different groups but she doesn't bring that up so she already has her focus is the point that i'm making all right so so she's the editor and then they've got three reporters. I'm going to talk about uh, one of them. The other two we really don't see much here. Talia Richmond, who I think might be your favorite reporter, or second favorite reporter on at the Dallas Morning News, if I recall. I don't think I've had any run-ins with her no? yet, but okay. give it time. All right, so she's 26. So she's young. She's 26 years old. She grew up in Dallas, graduated Richardson High School in 2013, and then went on to the University of Maryland, got a journalism degree, did a, did a number of internships over the summers, one with USA Today, one with the Baltimore Sun, went up to Portland and did one with the Oregonian in 2016 and then worked at the uh, university paper uh, there at uh, the University of Maryland. After she graduated, she spent a few years at the Baltimore Sun. Appears like she did a, a lot of crime reporting, but then you know did some other stuff. I didn't read a ton of what she had done. And then she moved back to Texas in 2020 to take this position as a reporter as part of this education lab at the Dallas Morning News. Uh, a, a couple of other folks that I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on because we don't really hear from them. Corbett Smith is an, one of the other reporters. We don't hear from him much. Uh, Emily Donaldson, we don't hear from her much either. I've seen a couple of reports where she's done some work with Talia Richmond, but I don't think she's really assigned to Southlake, so we don't hear much about her. And then they have an intern named Braden Garcia. And so that's the core team. And all of that, all of their payroll is funded by these nonprofit the donations that then fund the content that they are producing. So Dallas Morning it. News pays nothing of their paycheck? That d- doesn't appear to be. It do- doesn't well, who are they employees yet. for? Uh, the Dallas Morning News. So essentially, Dallas Morning News has... has free employees. Free employees. That, that's it. And don't forget, well, they claim to have full editorial control. Uh-huh. That's okay. what they claim. Well, Dallas Morning News, you can get a hold of us, and we'll correct the record on that yeah. if we need to. So there's one more, though, that I want to bring up, um, and that's Anna Kaplan. And oh, yes. she, right. So she's not actually part of the education lab, though, but she's done a, a lot of reporting here and she's done some of the reporting has been as as part of the education lab group as a special contributor or a collaborator. And so given her involvement, I wanted to spend you know just a minute also going over who she is as well. So she's 45. She's actually a lot older than I thought she was. She's 45 years old. She grew up in Fort Worth, uh, grew up in a part of Fort Worth called Ridgely Country Club Estates. Now, I know West and Southwest Fort Worth pretty well. That's about as nice an area in that part of Fort Worth as you'll find. Um, definitely nicer than the neighborhood I grew up in, I'll tell you that. Her really? father is a pediatrician, still still practicing. Mother is an artist. She graduated in 1994, presumably from Arlington Heights. That's where you'd go in that neighborhood. Uh, she could have gone to a private school. Country Day, for example, is right there. It's a, it's a you know pretty well-known private school in, in that part of uh, Fort Worth. She graduated, she went on to Trinity University in San Antonio. Um, this is this is a private school. Yeah, here. Trinity. I'm familiar, yeah, are you familiar with, with this. Oh, yeah. $60,000 a year in tuition mm-hmm. there. So very expensive. I don't know. She graduated in 98. I don't know how much it was in 98, but, you know, that's really expensive school. I don't know what she studied. I can't find that anywhere. So my guess is it's not journalism, given that's what she's doing. It's probably communications or English or something, Maybe. I would guess. <clears throat> Food development. Yeah, it could have been food, yeah. food critic. One, yeah. yeah, could maybe I don't know. Uh, she got married in two thousand five. Has a couple of kids, um, as you mentioned, food critic, right? So she did that for ten years for the Star Telegram, and then she was also doing this part time gig with Eamon Carter, where she was doing some PR work for them. And so this is one of my favorite. Though get this right. So in all the reporting, and I know you'll remember this, all the reporting that she did on our last school board election, she could never bring herself to admit that Andrew Yeager 
was a current college professor. Right. Right. She could never bring herself to it. But every article she mentioned that his opponent was a former educator. So guess where her husband works? Oh, let me guess. I, I'm just going to, I'm guessing at a university somewhere he, within 30 miles of here. He works in the exact same university system as Andrew Yeager teaches oh, what at. a tangled he, web. He runs their communications. You can't make this stuff up, guys. This is unbelievable. <laughs> the bias is just unbelievable. You so know, somebody's going to eventually write a story about what's happened to you in the last two years. I, I, I mean, hope I, so. I, I know a guy by the name of Fiction Ball. He's got a show called, a broadcast. It's called South Lake. And I, I, I can't help but thinking that he thinks that he's going to hit the lottery and uh, have his version of Yellowstone only called South Lake. And I think... Maybe somehow or another he thinks he's going to hit the gold mine with that. I, I don't know. I think eventually someone will come, somebody talented will come and tell the whole story here. And well, I, I just hope they tell the whole story. Good, yeah. Right? Um, so her, her she, Anna Kaplan and her husband are both Beto supporters, both contributed to his campaign in 2018. And I do have a live tip, so I hope Anna listens, because I, I think this is a really important for her to to. She listens to all my shows, trust oh, me. Yeah. So, uh, Anna, you might want to take down your Beto sign in your front <laughs> yard before the Google truck drives by if you want to maintain that facade of objectivity <laughs> right. in your in your reporting. So I'm going to give you the picture, guy. You can put it up on the screen. All right. Uh, there it is. <laughs> I'm not going to give out her address so people can go look, but just trust me. Oh, no, it's she's the only one that gives out other people's personal information <laughs> yeah, and where they work. She really likes to go after people where they work without, you know, having a discussion with them before they do it. But whatever, I digress. So that gives you a sense of what the education lab is, and it gives you a sense of who the players are. But I want to talk a little bit about the purpose of it, and I want to run a quick video. Okay. Uh, so th this this is uh, Eva Marie Ayala in September 2020, and she's talking about the edu education lab and what the purpose is. And I think this is really important for folks to hear, and we'll come back and talk a little bit about this. All so right. Let me kick this off. As of today, our partners at the Dallas Morning News have a new project underway, an effort to cover education in our communities called an Education Lab. And to tell us more about what we can expect to read from the project is Education Lab editor Eva Marie Ayala. Thanks for joining us this morning, Eva Marie. Hey, how are you? I'm okay, I'm okay. I want to start with that term, Education Lab. What are we talking about? So the Dallas Morning News has really launched into this new initiative that's a community-funded journalism project. We've had a handful of philanthropic foundations from across the community step up and support us so that we can expand our team and really ha launch some projects that are deep uh, looks into our schools and also broadening the conversations that we have about education. I understand you're talking about the term issues. You're covering issues. That's what reporters do. But you're also looking for solutions through this project. Can you tell us what the difference is there? Yeah, so I've covered education for about 15 years or so, and I get very frustrated that sometimes I've written the same story or about the same challenges over and over again. You know, I'm, I've written about how, you know, black and Latino students still are struggling behind their peers to have the same access and to get to the same uh, college prep courses that they need to be successful later on. And so one of the things that's going to be really key to the education lab is looking for those bright spots that that are showing promise, that are making some kind of progress in helping students. You know, no one solution is going to fix all the complex problems that our schools face, all the challenges that they face. But if we can go out there and we can find some, you know, some bright spots or some progress or something that's showing promise, then maybe we can help, you know, guide those conversations and have them a little bit more specific here in the North Texas area. Like, how's this one program 
you know, what can, how can that translate to this area? How can, what can we take from that program and make things just a little bit better for students so we can, you know, help get on this trajectory for success for all students? Okay. I can't take any more. So can I, can I just say right off the bat, Eva, Marie, Ayala, come to Southlake. You want to see one of those bright spots that you've been talking about and apparently you've not been able to see it going on in Southlake? Why don't you come here and you can bring your posse with you and bring Anna with you and um, Talia. You can bring them all and you can look at Southlake and what you're going to find is that um, it's working here in Southlake. There's no significant achievement gap with any of the ethnicities and it's all working right here. And yet you want to talk all this stuff about looking for bright spots when they're right underneath your nose. So come to Southlake. Come take a look at it here. So th- this, is, this is my very point, Guy. This is exactly the point. If you go to the, to the Cultural Competence Action Plan, and I, I've got it, and here's what it says. An academic review of student subgroup test performance reveals no statistically significant achievement gaps among the district's ethnic populations. That's what it says. So now, now let's take a look at Fort Worth ISD, okay, where she graduated. The percentage of third graders reading at grade level is 62% for white, 32% for Hispanic, 30% lower, and 20% for black students. Graduation rate, 88% for whites, 85% for Hispanics, 84% for blacks. It's essentially 100% across all ethnic groups at CISD. Um, Here's a statistic for you. More kids drop out of Fort Worth ISD every year than graduate in Carroll ISD. Yeah, so why don't you just look at those numbers for a second? And if everybody's so uh, race-centric in this country, well, look at the, the, the numbers by race and, and say to yourself, well, they're all, they all have the same amount of money spent on them. They all have the same teachers that's educating them. Uh, Pedagogy is all the same. Everything is the same except for something's missing. And I think that that's something that's missing is she has no desire to, to go marching down the road that's going to lead her to the answer of why you have such big disparities between these groups by race. Because it's all happening in the same school. That means they're all going through the same experiment at the same time. All the same teachers, same amount of money, same taxes spent. What am I missing there, Robert? That, that, this is exactly my point. You heard what she said. But how many, how many reports have they done about how Carol ISD is breaking the trend. Not, 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 not one not single one. story, right? And, and, and so for that reason, I'm going to call them out. The education lab is a fraud. They are a fraud. It is there to push one agenda, and that's systemic racism. They're, they're there to push that the reason that there's disparities among racial groups is systemic racism. And the problem is CISD blows that up. It blows that up, right? So if the Dallas Morning News covered the fact that Carol has no significant achievement gaps among the ethnic groups, they'd have to admit the gaps are not driven by systemic racism. They're driven to what you alluded to, to something else, like socioeconomic causes, some other reason for it. And if there's no systemic racism, there's no need for diversity, equity, and inclusion plans, which means there's no need to indoctrinate the kids in CRT. This is the point. But But if you look at Fort Worth ISD, They've been pushing CRT for years, like three or four years now. How's that going, Miss Ayala? Yeah. How's that going? Because what I'm seeing, it's getting worse. The inequities are getting worse, not better. And so the irony of all of this is her agenda 
will actually make the problem she claims to care about worse, right? This soft bigotry of low expectations, these equity solutions, it's going to destroy a generation of kids, but they don't care. They don't care because, because their intent is to push an agenda and guy, I'm shocked. Anyone is, is giving any donations to fund this stuff. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe there's a backside to this. So there, there may be a uh, profit to be had in it through these 501 C threes, social impact bonds, things of that nature that we'll dive into in other shows. But uh, you know, there, there was a famous movie uh, about Marines. I think it was in Guantanamo and they're having this court trial and a very famous actor in that he goes, you want the truth? You can't handle the truth. And that's exactly what I'm saying to Eva Maria Ayala right now. You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. You want to find out why those kids aren't doing well? Why don't you go research that and leave Southlake the hell alone? Or come and understand what are we or, doing right hey, in Southlake? How about writing a few I, of those stories? I like that a hell of a lot. Exactly. Come talk to Dr. Ledbetter. Talk to him about why our school is performing so well. Come talk to our school board. Come talk to our teachers. Come talk to our cadre of administrators. Come talk to Will Wooten, I mean, for crying out loud. So th- but they're not interested in doing that. Of course not. Of course not. But this is a perfect segue because I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about the kind of reporting they are doing here in Southlake. Because w- what, what I've seen is this tabloid-style, inaccurate reporting that, that they want to focus on systemic racism and not focus on real solutions. And so I want, I want to use one example because we could do three or four podcasts on right. nothing but their reporting. And we've done a little bit in the past. You want, you want to take a quick break here? For yeah, why, why don't we okay, run, let's it. Do this, yeah. run this up right quick. Yeah. Hey, guys, let me talk to you about cell phones for just a second in one of my favorite companies in the whole wide universe. Yes, wide universe, 972Patriot or PatriotMobile.com. These are the new guys on the block. They use the same towers that the big guys do. The big guys love to give money to organizations like those far-left Democrat uh, candidates, uh, the guys that want to paint Texas blue. You know who I'm talking about, Planned Parenthood. Uh, they're all for those big corporations that just love to put their foot on the back of your neck. I don't think they're too much for Second Amendment rights, and you know how we are here in Texas about our Second Amendment. So if you're interested, why don't you give uh, Patriot Mobile a call? at 972-PATRIOT, or look them up on the web at patriotmobile.com. You know, one of the interesting things is on these cell phone companies, they all share the same towers throughout yeah, the nation. I mean, there's do. very few of them that have discrete um, uh, channels and towers. So um, that's that's kind of a big misnomer about, you know, well, if I, if I get, you know, Patriot Mobile, I will be able to talk to people in Hawaii. That's ridiculous. No, you know, these yeah. guys have really coverage good coverage. is going to be the same or better. So where the hell are we? Well, I, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about one particular story that was written about Southlake to just show how biased this reporting is, right? So, so the, according to Miss Ayala, right, they're looking for solutions. They're taking, you know, tax-free nonprofit donations to fund their, to fund their salaries to then create this, this coverage that's supposed to benefit the community, right? That's supposed to bring solutions. And so I want to cover one of these stories that was funded by these nonprofit donations. And we all recall, at least here in Southlake, the story about the teacher that was reprimanded, uh, reprimanded by the board. Yes, we do. uh, When a principal administrator failed to take action on some teacher misconduct. So that administrator was 
one of the same administrators that was pushing the CCAP plan, the Cultural Competence Action Plan, and her husband was named in that plan. He was going to get a high-paying director of equity or director of diversity, some, something like that, some kind of job like that. Well, neither of them is, is with the district any longer, but she was involved in this. And then a particular school that, that was in question here, it's actually the lowest, you may not know this, guys, the lowest performing ele- elementary school in Southlake. It's um, JES. They have the lowest scores of third grade reading of all of the elementary schools, still substantially better than the state average and certainly better than Dallas and Fort Worth, but still the lowest. Uh, by and our standards. Right, by our standards. And, and when I talk to parents here, they're concerned that, you know, they may have a principal that's a little more focused on social justice and not as focused on sort of the basic academics. So the reporting indicates that the teacher was reprimanded for giving a student an anti-racist book. And what they're doing is they're doing the same thing we've reported in the past is this word craft style of writing that allows them to say something that is factually true, but is intended to mislead the reader. And so I want to read some of these headlines and a little bit from these stories. So the first one is a headline. It says, Southlake Carroll ISD votes to reprimand teacher after parents complain about anti-racist books. Right, and you, we, we remember the word after. That's the word you have to watch there because a lot of things, you know. Wordcraft. Right, it's wordcraft. It's wordcraft. Uh, this next he- headline is teacher faulted over book, and it reads, on Monday night, board trustees voted 3-2 to two to issue a letter of reprimand in Farah, and, and that's Ricky Farah, that's the teacher, in Farah's file after parents appealed to the district about a book they said their child, a student in her class last year, brought home. So they're painting this picture that this is reprimand was all about a book. And it, here's another one. This one is just a few days ago, uh, November 18th, 2021. Talia Richmond and Anna Kaplan, two of our favorites. Over the past few months, other incendiary incidents in Carroll schools included the trustees reprimand of a teacher after complaints about an anti-racist book. So what they're doing is they're trying to paint this picture that this teacher had an anti-racist book in her class, gave it to a student, and because she gave the, the book to a student, that teacher was reprimanded by the board for that. That's the picture they're trying to paint. So I want to play a, a video real quick. doesn't tell the whole story, but it, it, it tells you that people knew better all the way back in June. So this is a parent here uh, that many of your listeners will know talking about this on June 21st of 2021. Uh, so let me play this real quick. Why was Ricky Farah the... Uh, teacher at Johnson Elementary, why was she made teacher of the year after she pulled a little girl out of the hallway and she got two other teachers? I became a teacher, by the way, based off of my amazing third grade teacher. This teacher pulls a little girl out to the hallway and says, why did you bring this homework home to show your parents? Unacceptable. Okay, well, that sounds a little different than, than what we're hearing from the Dallas Morning News. And so I want to read the actual complaint that the parents um, had. And so this is word for word. Our primary complaint is with Ricky Farah, a fourth grade teacher, who coerced our daughter to withhold information from us, her parents, after we brought to the attention of the principal, Renee Moses, an age-inappropriate book in her classroom library. Ms. Farah specifically told our daughter that she should not discuss classroom materials she had concerns with, with us, and should only speak to her about it. Ms. Farah admitted this to us and to Renee Moses in a subsequent meeting we had 
to try and address this issue. So what happened was that I gather, I wasn't there, and I don't have all the information, was the child took the book home. The, the, the parents were concerned that it was an age-inappropriate book. They complained to the principal. The reaction of the teacher was to pull the child into the hall with two other teachers and scold her for talking to her parents about a book. Well, it turns out that that's problematic, okay? And I'm going to read the Texas um, Education Code. 26.008, so people know exactly what it says. And the, the title of this section is Right to Full Information Concerning Student. And Section A reads, A parent is entitled to full information regarding the school activities of a parent's child except as provided by Section 38.004. That's 38.004 is about child abuse and things right. like that. And it's absolutely appropriate for the school sure. to withhold their knowledge of, of that, oh, you know, if a parent was abusing a child. Uh, that has nothing to do with this case. Section B reads, an attempt by any school district employee to encourage or coerce a child to withhold information from the child's parent is grounds for discipline. So that's the reason that this teacher was disciplined. But further, the, the, the parents took it to the principal. The principal didn't act. They took it to administration, the administrator that was pushing CCAP. She didn't act. They followed procedures and appealed it up to the trustees. The trustees looked at the information, looked at all the facts, and decided the teacher, based on Section 26.008, the teacher should be reprimanded for her actions. But none of that was reported by the Dallas Morning News. So let, let me recap that. So parent has a grievance against the teacher. Uh, that goes up to the principal, first level. Principal waves it off and says there's nothing to see here. And they go, that's not satisfactory. And now read to me 26, uh, TEC 26.008, the, the penalty phase of that. Uh, an attempt, you're talking about what I read a second ago? You didn't read the penalty portion of it um, from a letter of reprimand all the way up to termination. I, I, I don't have that with me. Okay, yeah, so so that. basically if the remainder of that section basically says that the rep, it could be an administrative reprimand, which is just basically a paper and a file that could go away after X amount of time, all the way up to termination. So it's considered to be very, very serious. And what you have to do essentially is coerce the child to not pass information from the school to the parent. Because if nothing else in America, we realize the, the uh, dominion of the parent over the child. And that's exactly what this law uh, seeks to pre uh, prevent is the school having dominion over your child and not the parent. So it's actually a very big deal. And in retrospect, the principal did nothing, said there's nothing to see here. Now, are they socially good buddies, friends? I don't know. But then it got pushed up uh, to higher administration, then it eventually fell in the laps of the school board, and the school board did exactly what the TEC code. Matter of fact, they gave her the least. If I'm still in your thunder, let me know. No. But they, they gave that teacher the least amount of, of uh, retribution, penalty, fine, whatever you want to call it, that they could have. They could have terminated her. And a lot of parents think that they should have terminated her over it. But, you know, there, there is a there's, there's a thing in our uh, community around America is some teachers, all teachers can't do any wrong, and that's just absolutely not correct. They're like police officers, like pilots, like firemen. You always have your small percentage that are causing problems. 
And uh, so, anyhow. well, I, I do think one thing that we should point out is that same principal went on that same year to recognize that same teacher as teacher of the year. So and can we use the name of the lady that was giving the public address? Are you going to use the video of it? Or? Uh, yeah, you, you, yeah. So that's Tara and yeah. she's a, she's a frequent guest on our show and uh, my hat's off to that young lady. Uh, she has got courage, uh, boundless amount of courage and she will stand right in the face of the, of the lion. I mean, I wish more parents had her courage. She's really the quintessential example of uh, a parent, of a mother in our country. And, um, you know, God bless her. I mean, willing to stand up. And, and she was speaking the truth. Nobody could fault her for saying something that was not true. What she said was absolutely the truth. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And the, 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 what, the actions of the principal, though, really concern me. And I don't know the principal. I don't know the teacher. I don't know these parents. I don't know anybody involved in any of this. All I'm doing is look at looking at what's in front of me and, and looking at the terrible reporting by the Dallas Morning News. Right. Before these, you, these, I was just going to say, these, these actions appear to me to be strategic in an attempt to protect that teacher from the, the ramifications of her actions. Yeah. My only point, and if I'm jumping the monkey here, let me know, but, uh, isn't this the exact same school where we had a couple of teachers that uh, released uh, private recordings from the school to the media? It is. Okay. It is. All right. It is. Are you going to fold that in? I, I, I wasn't. That's, that's, we're going to save that for another episode. Okay. But yeah. So the, the, point, the big point here, though, is this is typical of the kind of reporting we're seeing out of the Dallas Morning News Education Lab. They'll ignore available information because this information was available. The co terrorist comments were available to them when they wrote these stories. Right. So they knew there was more there. Why did they choose to ignore it? Because that would be inconsistent with the narrative of South Lake is a racist town. It's much better for everybody to believe that that teacher was was disciplined by an evil school board because she had an anti-racist book. That's, that's the narrative they want to spin rather than that teacher coerced that child to not tell, tell her parents something about about what was happening in the schoolroom. Are, are they editorially myopic, maybe? I mean, maybe they've actually got some kind of an eye disease. No, I think they're cancer. driving a systemic racism narrative. I think that's what they're there to do. Oh, that's shocking. Well, <laughs> um, so th th they're doing this, though, because D CISD, to us anyway, because CISD demonstrates that disparate outcomes among children of different, different races is not a function of systemic racism. There's something else causing it. Yeah. But, but that's damaging to the progressive agenda because if there's no systemic racism, then they don't get to make the changes they want to make to the education system. Right. That's, that's at the heart of this. And, and for the record, Dallas Morning News is not alone. For those that were listening closely to the clip I played of Miss Ayala, uh, you might have heard the word partnership at the very beginning. Yeah, I so so I, I want to play this really quick. So everyone understands sort of what's going on between NBC, KXAS, NBC, and the Dallas Morning Before News. you play that, yeah. just clarify for me, is this part of NBC National or is this um, uh, just an affiliate that has a loose connection with NBC National? So th this, this is the local affiliate, KXAS, that has a partnership with the Dallas Morning News. But we know KXAS has you know, a, an affiliation with NBC on a national level. We see that with Hicks and Bob and Hilton, everything that they do, they cover on the local news. But it almost so looks a, as there's if, a full connection here. But it almost looks as if 
Anna Kaplan is sitting at the same writer's desk with uh, Hicks and Baugh and Antonia. It well, almost seems like they're in the same damn office. Oh, if, if, if you think that they're not talking and sharing information, you, I think we would be naive to but, believe that. Just quickly, um, Mike, once again, you're welcome on the show. Come talk. I'd love to, you know, we'll sit you down here. Antonia, we've met before. Come talk to me and Anna. <laughs> come on down. All right, let me play this real quick so everybody hears it. As of today, our partners at the Dallas Morning News have a new project underway. Two of the most respected local news organizations, NBC5 and the Dallas Morning News, partner to bring you stories from our entire area, keeping you updated with more reporters in more places, getting you the information you need faster. On your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, on air, and in your hand. Nobody covers our area better than NBC5 and the Dallas Morning News. Just another way Texas connects us. Isn't it all about information? It really is. It's about uh, packaging information and getting it into the hands of the people that can provide the most clicks uh, for them and, and return. I don't think it's about old school jur- journalism, you know, um, who is the who is the lady uh, Cheryl Atkinson? Where are those type of reporters you, that really want to get to the root, to the nut of the story? It seems like those people don't even exist anymore. There's just a couple of them, and even if they did exist, would they even be welcome to Dallas Morning News? Well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, so, what I think this partnership tells you is they they share uh, an agenda. They share a view of what news should be covered and how it should be covered. Yeah. Otherwise they wouldn't have a partnership. I mean, so I don't think you'd see KXAS having a partnership with, I don't know, say the wall street journal or the New York post Fox news, Fox news. <laughs> right. I, I mean, honestly, I don't think you, I don't think you would see that because they have an agenda. And I think what it tells you is, and we both, we, we, we all know what NBC's uh, right. What they're doing. I think what it tells you is they have the same agenda and what they're trying to do is pr- create this sort of surround sound of that agenda. And as it relates to, to South Lake, it's surround sound that South Lake is a racist town that, that needs to be fixed. And I think that that's the, the message they're trying to send. Or maybe the it. fact that they vote overwhelmingly Republican, maybe that's what really needs to be fixed. Uh, community funded, you know, I keep hearing that word pop up uh, over and over again, it kind of gives you that homey feel that it's NPR-ish, you know, national public radio, and that the community is for uh, that's right funding it. That's right, but that's really uh, no, that's people, very Orwellian. No, that's I, not at all what no. what it means. I think a lot of these people have their own agendas, right? And and I would encourage people, like I said at the beginning of, of this podcast, you know, we, we we're going to put it on the screen. Just go, go to these websites and look at what these organizations are doing, what they stand for, what their platforms are, and determine if that's consistent with your values. And then imagine that they're literally funding the news about our town. And, and look and see if they have a Beto sign in their front yard. Yeah. <laughs> so the partnership, we, we know it. I, I call it the Fake News Five, right? Anna Kaplan, Talia Richmond. Fake Five. Fake Five. Uh, Eva Marie Ayala, Mike Fiction Ba, and Antonia Hilton. Do you, do you uh, know that... Uh, I, I don't know if he really appreciates that or not, but yeah, I think we were the first one to use the phrase. I'm pretty sure we are that uh, of uh, fiction ball and broadcast. Oh, I think so. I think we coined those right. I, but, but I noticed that they've kind of gotten legs and they've kind of scooted around the community. I wonder if that bothers him at all, I, knowing I, that his last name needs to be changed to fiction ball. 
I don't know how he sleeps at night. I'm just, I'm being, no, I'm being straight with you. I, the, the kind of reporting that they're doing, ignore, Those guys are ignoring soulless. facts, they're soulless. They I don't, I don't know how they do what they do. Um, so listen, there, there's a lot of, I'm going to wrap it up here. So there's a lot of reasons that, that progressives want to tear down South Lake, right? One is we dispel the myth of myth of systemic racism in the schools, right? The other one is we're a model for fighting back against the woke mob. They have to stop that. We're the most populous conservative county in Texas, and we know what they want to do. They want to turn Texas blue, and we're the nail that's sticking up that needs to be hammered down, and that's what they're doing. And Dallas Morning News and NBC are working together to make that happen. Um, I'm very concerned about people making tax-deductible donations to a 501c3, That's and these donations are being funneled into what is really politically biased reporting right. that concerns me. Uh, I, I don't think it's legal. I think it stinks and I, I, maybe someone will look at it. Hopefully the folks that are funding the education lab, we, there are a few or at least one conservative. I, I hope they'll reconsider their, their participation. The communities foundation of Texas, which is the 501 C three that's funneling all this money. I hope that they'll look at this reporting and realize that they're probably putting their status at risk by participating in this. Um, and so I, I think it's an effort to, you know, to deliberately tear down the best performing school district or one of the best performing school districts in Texas. And I just don't know how that that's a great look for people who claim that they care about education. And then using a 501c3 to pursue it, a political agenda is is just wrong. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. They, I don't believe that they truly care about educating the dispossessed in our community. I really don't. I think it's about, so yeah. Anyhow, well, thanks for your time. I appreciate yeah. you quite a bit coming in here, Robert and let's wrap this up. You ready? Yep. Let's do it. All right. Let's do this.